You're listening to At Any Rate, JP Morgan's global research podcast, where we take a look at the story behind some of the biggest trends and themes in fixed income, currency, and commodity markets today. I'm Srini Ramaswamy, co-head of US Rate Strategy, and today I'm joined by my colleague, Ipek Ozil, senior strategist with the US interest rate derivative strategy team in JP Morgan, to discuss some of the recent interesting developments in the treasury bond futures contract, as well as related themes in the US rates markets. We are recording this on Monday, October the 2nd, 2023, and our comments today are based on our recently released weekly publication discussing the U.S. interest rate derivatives markets, which is available to institutional clients of J.P. Morgan on our website, J.P. Morgan Markets. So, uh, Ipek, um, did you ever think that one day we would actually be doing a podcast about CTD shifts in Treasury futures? Uh, why don't you... Um, you know, also help me set the stage a little bit for listeners who may be new to the uh, treasury futures market. What exactly do we mean when we talk about CTD bonds? Sure, Shrini. First of all, I never thought that CTD shifts in treasury futures would be of wide enough interest for us to do a podcast on it. But let me explain what CTD shifts are. So in summary, a treasury futures contract is an agreement to buy treasury bonds for delivery at a future point in time. They trade on the CME and they are very liquid and investors can go long or short these futures contracts just like bonds. Uh, they are quarterly contracts. So the December contracts are currently the most liquid contracts and they are physically settled, which means that if an investor is long and does not trade out of the position, they will eventually receive delivery of bonds to close out the position. And similarly, if an investor is short and they don't exit the position, they will need to make delivery. But it is the short who decides which bond to deliver and when to deliver within a delivery window specified by the contract. This means that the short is long an option to decide which bond to deliver and when. Um, the timing of the delivery is not pertinent to our discussion at all, but the option to decide which bond to deliver has become interesting of late. In one particular contract, what we call the so-called classic bond futures contract. So the December bond futures contract, which people refer to as the USC, uh, it permits delivery of bonds with remaining maturities ranging from 15 years to 25 years. So it's a pretty wide basket. But of these bonds, and like I said, it's a wide basket, so there are many of them, like 30 to 40, usually one or a few bonds will be most optimal to deliver. These bonds are called the cheapest to deliver bonds or CTD for short. So let's talk about the USZ or the classic bond futures contract in particular. What is the CTD for this contract? Did it change recently? And, and why, is this, uh, why is this a big deal? Well, so as of today's recording, the cheapest to deliver bond in the USC is the four and a half Augie 39 bond. But this has been what's been the center of attention. So the last week, CTD switched to 4 and 5 eighths Feb 40 for a few days. And like I said, we're now back to 4 and a half Augie 39s. But I would stress uh, these two bonds are nearly equal cheap, differing by barely half a tick. So in other words, that means even though one may be, one may be cheaper to deliver, the other is not too far from being CTD. So switches between these nearly equivalent CTD bonds isn't a big deal for the pricing of futures. 
In fact, there are even a few more bonds that are quite close to being CPD. So we have the Augie 39, the Navi 39, PEP 40, and May 40. They are all not that far from being CTD. So thus far, the CTD shifts have been between approximately similar issues and the shifts are on two material. But the main concern is, and the reason that CTD shifts in the USC contract are potentially a big deal, is that even further CTD shifts are possible to bonds that are currently not close to being equity cheap. That would be a big deal for pricing of futures, and it has implications for investors who use these contracts. Uh, and can you speak a little bit to what causes these CTD shifts, uh, and perhaps even more importantly, what could cause a more material CTD shift in the market in in the bond futures contract from here on? Sure. Um, so CTD shifts are becoming more likely because of the relentless rise in yields and to some extent curve steepening. So one simple way to think about this is that as yields rise, all bonds in the deliverable basket will cheapen in price, but longer duration bonds will cheapen by more and they will eventually become CTD. So as yields continue to rise, CTDs will continue or they will shift longer. So in a 25 to 30 basis point sell-off, we can see the CTD extending out to three and seven eighths August 40s, which would be a more material CTD shift. Um, so Shrini, uh, do you want to talk about what would happen to the pricing of futures and for the risk characteristics of futures as such CTD shifts happen? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so basically, as the CTD shifts to some other bond, um, any other bond than the current CTD, futures will start closely tracking the pricing of the new bond. Uh, this means the tracking error between the current CTD and the US, uh, USZ or the classic bond contract price will start to widen. Uh, moreover, uh, since any material CTD shift is likely to be towards a longer duration bond, this means that in a sell-off, futures will start to cheapen somewhat asymmetrically more than the, uh, the current CTD bond. So in a sense, investors who may be long futures will experience worsening underperformance in a rising rate re uh, environment relative to uh, just holding sort of the same, you know, BPV risk um, in cash bonds. So this sounds pretty bad for an investor who is long the USC futures contract, but is it in fact all bad or is there an, any other side to this? Uh, yeah, of course, uh, you know, there is another side. Uh, there never is a free lunch at the markets, which means that futures prices uh, must be cheaper than it otherwise would be to compensate an investor who goes long for the risk of this asymmetric underperformance of futures in a sell-off. Another way to say this is that an investor who's long futures is basically selling the option of which bond to deliver uh, and in the current period where that option is valuable, futures prices must be cheaper than it otherwise would be to account for the value of this option. So we estimate this value at around, you know, approximately seven ticks. Um, so an investor who goes long futures now stands to gain seven ticks if rates stay range bound or, or if they decline and CTD shifts do not occur in coming weeks and months. And uh, what about investors who may want to mitigate this risk of underperformance in bond futures contracts because of CTV shifts? Is there anything that these investors can do? Uh, yes, there is. Um, so 
Um, let me step back just a little bit. Uh, the root of all of these issues is the fact that the the short um, the short in the contract is the one who gets to pick which bond to deliver, and that option um, is worth uh, you know more than it used to be because of the yield environment we're in. So this makes an investor who's long the bond contract short the delivery option, and it is therefore natural to ask if there's some sort of an option that this investor can buy to mitigate the exposure. Uh, and yes, there is. Um, you know, so we estimate that an investor who's currently long the bond futures contract, let's say in a in an amount that's BPV equivalent to 100 million of the uh, the current cheapest to deliver bond, uh, for that investor, you could buy um, 80 of the 80 puts, uh, basically 113 strike puts, along with a small you know short futures position, to sort of locally hedge uh, or or mitigate. Uh, this risk that comes from CTD shifts. Of course, there are other ways in which an investor can sort of avoid these problems. Uh, the simplest one of all is to perhaps just use cash bonds instead of futures. Um, another way could be to use some sort of a barbell of the tenure note contract uh, and the ultra long bond contract as a way to replicate exposure to the classic bond contract. You know, so basically you're using uh, surrounding points on the curve and relying on empirical relationships to rep replicate exposure to the bond contract. That's yet another way. And perhaps a third way is uh, um, is to use swaps to get the duration risk instead of uh, treasury futures uh, at the expense of taking on some swap spread risk. But uh, these are all ways of, um, you know, sort of uh, mitigating exposures to uh, possible CTD shifts in the bond contract. Well, Shirley, that's probably enough for today. To all, all our listeners, hopefully we have given you enough to think about this week, and we wish you all a very enjoyable upcoming long weekend. Stay tuned for more episodes of At Any Rate, JP Morgan's Global Research Podcast Series. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please read the JP Morgan Research Reports related to its contents for more information, including important disclosures. Copyright 2023, JP Morgan Chase & Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on October 2nd, 2023.